Hey there, Holtcast listeners. Just a brief announcement before we get you right into the podcast. I'm pleased to announce that we are running another Fantasy Premier League league this year called the Holtcast Cup. If you'd like to join, of course, it's free, there's no charge, and you have a chance potentially to win a prize. I'm working very, very hard on that. Trust me on that. If you want to join, it's at fantasy.premierleague.com is the website. All you have to do is create a team, select your players, and then you can join our league that has the following code in order to join. D2JX0E. That is D2JX0E. Now let's get you over to the Holtcast. Hello and welcome back to a special edition of the Holtcast, this being the Ollie Watkins special. Of course, today he has signed for Villa on a five-year deal for a reported £28 million, rising to 33 with add-ons. We can go over the add-ons later, but nonetheless, this is to talk about him. And maybe we'll even get into what we can expect from the football club next. Of course, it's Cole Pedham here, but I'm not alone. I have two people here today, so you don't just have to listen to me. Danny Raza, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Feels like uh, just yesterday another whole cast was released. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great It's great to be here to talk about Ollie Watkins, who... Uh, yeah, is now our player. He's now our own. He's our record signing. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I feel weird about that, but we'll get into that in a second because, of course, we have the... what Neil, we need a nickname for you. I'll say that next time. But anyways, we have Neil Dunworth. What nickname should we give you, Neil, and how are you doing? I don't know. You you, you can throw it out to the fan base. Okay, well, we'll me. put up I, a poll. <laughs> I don't know. I've been. I most people don't call me by my name anyway, so it's it's absolutely fine. <laughs> Whatever nickname the fan base come up for, come up for with me, I'm fine with that. I'm doing great though. Uh, doing fantastic. Yeah, it's been a good day. Any day you break your transfer record is a good day, and um, to get someone in with the high caliber, I suppose, or the high potential, or the high ceiling, whatever way you want to look at it, and and more so, I suppose, really as well, the high character as well. The Ali Watkins has uh, can only be seen as a good day. Looking forward to seeing what he does in the Villa shirt, and I'm sure he'll be able to hit the ground running, considering he knows Dean Smith and his system as it is. But all round, can't complain on this wonderful Wednesday, and hopefully we'll have a terrific Thursday and a fantastic Friday and a super Saturday and a splendid Sunday, and we'll have more <laughs> signings over the next four or five days. Oh, 100%. Like, I think Villa Twitter can basically just go away now. Like, we finally have our man. Uh, the Villa Twitter account can stop getting abuse that we need to sign a striker. Maybe we still need another one. We can discuss that in a moment, too. But we got the person that everyone's been going on about since feels like forever. Um, it's finally here. He signed, sealed, delivered. Dean Smith has got his man. If you guys haven't seen the video that the uh, club put out, uh, Dino basically walks into the room that Watkins is doing an interview in. And it looks like he's just found like his lost child. It's It's kind of beautiful to see, to be honest. Um, it's kind of one of those like reunited and it feels so good moments. I, I clipped that up for the 7,500 to Holt Twitter account. So that's why I'm referencing it now. But uh, I thought it was funny at least. But nonetheless, uh, Danny, besides just your general thoughts on this signing, what do you think Watkins brings to Villa? Because we know, of course, he can not only play striker, he can play on the wing. But beyond just that, what do you, what else do you think he can bring? Yeah, so for me, I think he's going to be an out-and-out centre-forward. I know, I know it's good that he can play out on the left wing, and you know maybe if Wesley ever comes back and finds some form, he can he can play with it. But I think, I think you know, he's our guy up front. Villa, 
you know, they, they, they do put balls into the box. They do create chances, uh, you know, from, from those wide areas. But quite often, there's nobody at the end of it. I mean, while Samato is a is a fantastic header of the ball, what you've got in Ollie Watkins is somebody who I think is probably going to be a little bit more dynamic. I think somebody who's probably going to get on the end of it more. And maybe somebody who can, uh, you know, offer a lot more when it comes to general play. I think what you've got is somebody that's going to work really well with Jack Grealish. And, and I think, you know, when I looked at the goal compilations, uh, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I watched a bunch of Brentford games last season, but when I looked at the goal compilations of Ollie Watkins, it seems that he can score with his head um, and, and he's, he's comfortable with both feet too. And I think that's, that's perfect. You know, it's basically what Villa have here. They have a complete striker, which is something that neither Wesley or Samata is. Yeah, 100%. And kind of the interesting thing, aside from Watkins, that came out almost as soon as it was announced, uh, like a list of players that apparently could be on the move, Samata being on that list, um, has come out. So most likely, the more players that come in, the more opportunity that there will be for players to leave. Of course, we've seen the likes of Scott Hogan linked with uh, Birmingham City, uh, Hot has been linked with others. Yeah, that as well. Uh, Hot has been linked with teams in the championship and I think in Spain as well. Um, So we'll see all those things kind of going on. But Neil, we'll get to you next um, because before we start recording, obviously, I don't know if you've read it yet uh, from I think it was the Daily Mail, but there is a lot of uh, basically chat about his personality. And uh, from what we're hearing, it sounds like he's another one of those, uh, I guess you could say, fine stand up citizens, a, a good person to have around the club. Absolutely. Uh, makes no. It makes no sense as uh, as as a couple of managers have famously said down through the years. Uh, we don't bring in dickheads. Excuse me. I I, I should have asked you is it okay to swear on the podcast before yeah, I said that. But Thomas Franks. I've already sworn it. Yeah. Should have asked you beforehand. Uh, but Thomas Franks from Brentford has said that before. That that that's the motto. A lot of lot of uh, managers have that motto. I know Klopp has that motto as well. Um. Uh. But it's. Yeah, look, it's it's one of those things. Matty Cash is a real stand-up individual, apparently, as well. Um, once again, you know, we're only going by what fans say that his his family are a really good, down-to-earth family. You even see that when Matty Cash signed, he had all eleven of his of his uh, family uh, there, and they all had that big, massive photo. And there's <laughs> something kind of heartwarming about that. This. Uh, a player would, uh, and 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 I would imagine he would have done done something like this even in if it wasn't COVID times. But that a player would want to spend that moment with his family and wouldn't have that quote unquote, um, you know, bitty big time kind of attitude about it. Uh, and when you see that Ali Watkins is there and you read that article about Daily in the Daily Mail, and I've only flicked over it since you mentioned it to me, um, but I did know that he has done an awful lot of charity work and he works with uh, with sick sick children and and the, just like Jermaine Defoe had that real bond with that the the, the sick child Bradley in in Sunderland. Ali Watkins had some sim- had a similar bond with a um, you know with a super fan kid as well in, in Brentford, and that's really heartwarming to see because these ki- these these footballers they don't need to do that. You know, it's the measure of a man that will go out and will do that and not want anything back from it. And, you know, a culture changer and a culture change within a club who's had uh, players like Ross McCormick. And I know you'll get itchy from me saying Ross McCormick, <laughs> Cole, because, you you know, that that's what that name does to you. But having guys like that, <laughs> Ross McCormick, having people like even down through the years like Stephen Ireland, you know, we've always had that kind of that one guy that we couldn't shift out of the club, Lescott, Richards. You know, those type of guys. So Dean Smith, unbeknownst to us, and and something I like to hear is not just doing talent checks as well, but, you know, if we can bring in talented, good, decent individuals as well, it's always a plus point from a culture standpoint within the locker room. 
Yeah, no, that's well, well said, Neil. Like, uh, you can, I couldn't say it better myself. You need good people in a football club. Like, I, I wouldn't call the relegation squad of yesteryear bad people. Um, but it just seemed like the personalities maybe weren't there. Uh, for what you need for success the two players we brought in so far scream of just a different ilk uh, maybe just I don't know I don't want to get too personal how people are raised but things can kind of be taken from that aspect but nonetheless um, that was a heartwarming story that was brought out for that Brentford fan just a little boy I, I I wish I remembered his name. If one of you guys find it on Twitter or something, feel free to mention it. But uh, it's a great story. I don't even believe the little boy can talk, but he can basically just communicate with the hugs and the emotion and the body language that he gives Watkins. And that's a great relationship to see because, like Neil said, no footballer, no professional athlete has to do that with a fan base. That just shows how good of a person is and how good hearted and kind hearted people Mm -hmm. are. But if we get on to the player himself, I'll just kind of read out some stats from his last championship campaign. So he made 49 appearances, 26 goals, um, three assists. He has an average 2.3 shots per game, 22% of those uh, with a conversion rate, 245 touches in the penalty area, uh, more than any uh, within any of the top five European leagues, including England. Um, and he had 60 chances created overall, making him the player of the season in the championship. Now, um, I, With 60 I always 60 chances loved... created? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Cole, I just had to, I just had to double check that. That's good. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> That's very good. I think we're all stunned. <laughs> I just love the stat when people say, oh, he's taken this many touches in the penalty area. I love the fact that there's someone there counting that. Like, that. that's amazing to me. But nonetheless, Danny, I'll come back to you. Those stats in mind, he's worked with Dean Smith before. We're not expecting him to get 26 goals this upcoming season, of course. That would be an insane return on investment in my opinion but with him like I said working with this playing staff before do you think we can get the best out of him yeah I hope so I think what you've got to remember though is that previously to that season and this is the criticism that you know I mean there's always banter online there's always other fans talking about oh Villa doing it again why are you overspending um you know before this season he hadn't scored you know those those kinds of numbers it was kind of 10 goals a season but having said that Dean Smith uh, he's probably seen how, how Watkins has developed. And I think, you know, Smith will know how to work with him. Smith's seen him before. There's a reason he liked him. There's a reason he was playing him before. And I think, you know, put him in that Villa system uh, around better players, uh, players that can create. And I, and I think, I think you know, you've got a recipe for success there. I think the only the only issue might be is, you know, whether whether we do have the wingers for that. You know, we've got Jack Reed issues who's good at creating. Will Algarzi do that? Will, um, will uh, Trezeguet do that? I think that... Um, stat you mentioned about touches in the penalty area i find that interesting because surely that's down to the creative players but when you come down to dean smith and the playing staff i think the 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 reason why this signing is seen as such a signal of intent is this was a guy that we know dean smith has been after we know this is a guy that dean smith knows fits in his system much like matty cash and i don't think it was something that necessarily langer will have pushed for anybody else in the club will have pushed for this was dean smith saying this is how I play football. This guy is perfect for it. You know, to, to commit to 30 million, I certainly trust him. I mean, let's hope, let's hope it, it pays off. But, you know, when it, when, when it comes down to it, you know, what more could you ask for? This is, this is the guy that Dean Smith feels works perfectly 
um, in his team. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree this is Dean Smith's summer when it comes to signing. We're signing arguably the players that will not only fit the profile of the, the way the club's going and potential resale value and young and hungry and all that kind of stuff. We're also fitting what Dean Smith needs in a playing style. Players that can play not only one position, but multiple that can help out at all causes like we've needed these kind of players last season we scraped it over the line we're still in the Premier League now it's time to build upon that um Neil you know what I'll come to you next because a lot of people are going to look at the price tag 28 million rising to 33 now we know any kind of add-ons could be international caps performance base yada 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 but it's the 28 million a lot of people are glaring at and moaning at Maybe not so much moaning at, but you do get the odd moaning here and there. But a lot of them look at the price tag that we were when we were linked with them last year being around the 10 million pound mark or so. A lot of people thinking, well, why didn't we get them then? Like now we're spending 18 million pounds more. And of course, we could have never guessed the kind of season he would have had. But is it really fair to read into this price tag? Like, I'm always one of those believers that looks at something and, you know, you have to give him time, let him prove his worth. But, like, really, how do you feel about it? I'll answer that in a moment. Just want to go back to the Dean Smith uh, transfer window when you mentioned it. I think that's a yep. great point. Um, I've seen a couple of people recently mind-bogglingly calling saying that Johan Lang is out of his depth already on Twitter now look I know Twitter is a cesspool of ineptitude I do know that I do know all social media is look I'm myself I'm never right in anything I say either you know so uh, let Hughes without sin cast the first stone and I'm not uh, being detrimental to anybody on any social media apps but when somebody says that Johan Lang is out of his depth already um, when we don't know the remit that he's been given or we don't know whereabouts the, the, the scouting system or the transfer um, the transfer committee are, are looking this, this year is beyond me. And I think you're dead right when you say that Dean Smith has the reins this year. It's pro- like the guys that are coming in, Dean Smith is a good, honest, decent, honourable man. You can see it in him. I would say that I'd say he pays his parking tickets on time. I'd say he doesn't jaywalk. He waits for the light to go <laughs> to go green so he can walk across the road. I'd say he just does things just does what he's told. Like he, he he does things the right way because it's it's the way that things should be done. And and he's signing guys like that. And when people start talking about Johan Lang maybe not having the the name or the or, or the presence, and when people start looking at Leeds signing Rodrigo because they got Bielsa or Everton signing Hamas Rodriguez, and then they go but Dean Smith isn't attracting players. I'm not quite sure we want that type of marquee player. I'm not quite sure we're ready as a club for that. Everton are a completely different beast to Aston Villa at the moment, just in uh, from the point of view of the stability that they've had at, that they had at their club for such a while since Mishiri oh. came in. Leeds, oh. completely different that, uh, aspect from Leeds. I, they, they just literally have Bielsa. Um, which can draw those players, but I think that with Johan Lang, he's he's developing his own formula for for signings, and he's developing his own. Um, basically, he's he's taking a look at what the club has, what the club needs, and what the club needs five years into the future. So I don't think that he has his stamp on this at the moment. Now, don't get me wrong. I know you were just about to jump in there, Danny. I would <laughs> love James Rodriguez. I would love, uh, you know, a big marquee signing, but I'm okay as well without getting that at the moment, as long as we solidify in the Premier League, because two years ago we were nearly out of business. Yeah, I was um, just going to say, like, also, you know, you, you know, you look at those signings. I mean, f- I mean, firstly, you know, n- none of us are in the office with, with, with Justin Lang. I know nobody can claim that they're in the office with him, you know, except for his co-workers. So so how do you know his remit? Um, second yeah. of all, he, he's, he's, you know, the, the, the thing with Langer is he's not been hired 
just to have a summer transfer window. This guy's been hired to, you know, long term sort out Villa's recruitment, and that starts at a, at a um, you know, at a youth team level as well. And he's and he's been doing that. But you know, when it comes to when it, when it comes to you know making snap judgments and just making signings because you need them, like look, you know, we could have had Callum Wilson for 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 twenty one odd million or, or something like that last week. But then you know, then do you do you still have the funds to go ahead and buy Ollie Watkins for twenty eight million? Or can you can you justify doing that? I that, that that's that's an important point as well because I think the hundred million that's been banded about is false. I think we have an open-ended. I, I won't say we have an open-ended checkbook, but I think it could be a hundred million, could be hundred and twenty million, could be eighty million, depending on. I think we've got a, a stable of people that we want to sign. Maybe ten names that we want to sign, provided that that other interesting names don't come up uh, as you know, like they always do at the end of the season or at the end of the yeah. transfer window, should I say? And I think if they cost us eighty million, great. If they cost us hundred and thirty million, well. We, we have like parameters we could go to and I think a lot of people get caught up in the 100 million point uh, as as saying well we only absolutely 100% only have 100 million because I saw it on Twitter uh, it's not that like it's obviously going to be more fluid than that because everything is done in installments and, J- and James Rushton had a great piece on that that like literally Villa have bought Ali Watkins now Brentford might only get 5 million this year you know, mm. Brentford might only want five million this year to balance their books and then have a good go at the Premier League, and then when they get into the Premier League next year, get maybe twenty three of that or fifteen of that, and then hold some back in case they get like who knows what way it's been structured and so on. But to to kind of uh, to, and to answer Cole's question about the price tag, I don't care, and the reason I don't care is last year I would have been swinging off the ceiling, um, when we were quoted at at like literally coming down to the signing of a contract for Calvin Phillips who was rumoured to cost us $30 million last year for a defensive midfielder. Now, I would have loved Calvin Phillips last year, and I would love him this year because I think he's a good midfielder. Okay, his England debut didn't exactly go to plan for him, but nobody's game went to plan for him, and it was an absolute dour game. It was like watching us, the Republic of Ireland, Ireland playing out there. Yeah, um, it's like watching us. Yeah, so under Martin O'Neill. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, like I would have been delighted if we spent 30 million on a defensive midfielder last year, never mind spending 28 million or 30 million on a 26 goal striker who scored the ninth, ninth most goals in the championship of all time. And I said that I just recorded my own uh, on, on my own podcast on uh, for the love of Bob McGrath earlier on, and that was my whole point that. Money means nothing. We're so far behind, and I am too, me me included. I'm so far behind in my mindset of what transfer fees should be that I balk at 15 million for Emmy Martinez, 20 million for Emmy Martinez, until I sit back and I think, well, if you're playing at the high stakes table, you gotta bet. You gotta you gotta bet high, you know, because if some and it made me laugh. The 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 then I said this previously as well. It made me laugh that when people were saying, wouldn't sign Callum Wilson for 20 million, I'd sign him for 17 though. And like three million <laughs> wouldn't even buy you a drink in the like in the Premier League. You know, you're going that, that, three million is literally they make three million from a match day. And I know we don't have people in in the stands, but it's throwaway money in the Premier League. Um, so that's that's kind of my rant on uh, on on transfer fees. It doesn't really matter. We would I would have been happy to bring in a defensive midfielder for thirty million last year. I'm bringing in a twenty six goal striker this year, um, for thirty million. To me, it, it, it to me it's it's a it's a conflated number. It's all fake money at that at that level anyway. When it gets to those big numbers, so just enjoy him for the player that he's going to be. Also, yeah, though, no, like you know, go on, Danny. You know, sorry, Cole. I'll, I'll 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 let you jump in. I was just gonna I was just gonna quickly make the point that like you know the 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 the, the, the twenty millions and all that kind of stuff it means nothing, right? Like at the end of the day, like Everton signed James Rodriguez for I I don't even 
No, it was something way lower than that. But, you know, they're going to be paying wages. They're going to be paying big wages. You know, you either bring in a 29-year-old for, for 20, 25 million pounds, pay them 100k a week, or you can bring in an Ollie Watkins from the championship and, you know, pay them 60, 70k a week. You know, there's there's a lot of numbers involved in it. And, and you know, I, I none of us... None of us are financial advisors. None of us really um, understand, you know, what's going on financially in the club. Uh, but I think that the, the main thing you do is you try to get the best amount of quality. This is a Michael Owen quote right here. Um, not Michael Owen quote, but Michael Owen like quote. You, you try to get the best amount of quality you can for the for the for the smallest amount of money you can. And part of that is having resale value. So in many ways, like, what, you know, Wilson at Newcastle, 21 million. Great. I still think Wesley at 24 million or whatever it was, was much better value you're at the end of the day a price tag's a price tag i tweeted out earlier like the value is in the eye of the beholder brentford who knows like they most likely they didn't have to sell it's one of those things where if you want a player that badly you're gonna have to pay what they want and with the sign of the times and covid and all that kind of stuff prices are going to be skewed either down or up you just don't know how it's going to be with certain players this is their prize asset they're going for promotion again this year there's that aspect. And the other aspect I've kind of been thinking about, too, is, well, Exeter must love us because there's all reports going around that they get 15 percent or something like that. So it'll be about four or so million on million. So we bought one youth prospect from them with a fair deal and they've came out uh basically with a glowing reference about dealing with Villa. And we basically just put 4 million potentially in their coffers as well, which is massive for a League Two club, especially right now. Um but anyways, um, what you know what, guys, let's go quickly to a couple Twitter comments and then we'll wrap things up there because I want to make this special a brief. We don't need to ramble as we usually do. Um, so I will start with um, at Reese Bones. Uh, he says lots of people claiming Smith can attract top players to me. The signings say he doesn't Here want huge go. names. I think we want uh, we want young, aggressive, hungry players looking to step up. And I am very much on board. Big names have nothing to prove. Cash and Watkins do. Um, let me see here. I'll go to another one. Um, Neil Gardner at uh, Gardig. I don't even know why I try to say half these names. Um, love both signings. Young and hungry. Bags of potential. Seem like top lads as well, which we've already mentioned. Um, and let's end with uh, Darren Timmons that says, really pleased we're targeting good young players and building an exciting team. So thank you very much for getting involved. Uh, great to see interaction getting involved with the Holt cast. Of course, if you want to tweet us, it's at 7,500 to Holt. But you know what, guys, let's wrap it up there. Uh, Neil, Danny, do you guys have anything you want to mention? Yeah, can I just quickly uh, shout out Reese there, whose tweet you read, you, you read out. He um he actually sold me a PSP in Birmingham, a PSP v- in, in Birmingham recently. So um, just a quick shout out to that guy because that's been giving me hours and hours of fun and uh, bare uh, procrastination as well. And also, yeah, good points from everybody. Seems to be a, seems to be a theme on the young and hungry thing. Hope it's not a uh, return to the old Martin O'Neill days, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, last be worse. it could be worse. It could be a return to they're a good bunch of lads, you know, and uh, Dave O'Leary time <laughs> whenever, you know, me babies, they're a good bunch of lads. Oh, God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> on, honest bunch of lads, wasn't it? Was it honest? Nah, bunch good of lads? honest bunch of lads. That's what it was. Yeah, the good honest bunch of lads. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's gonna be written as his epitaph, I think, when he's uh, 
he's still he's still knocking around actually. Um, I I've heard him on a on an Irish podcast. He's uh, he has some wild stories from playing when he from Italian ninety and from playing with the Irish squad during that time. Some wild drinking stories. He's actually quite oh, really? a quite an interesting man to listen to uh, when he's thinking talking about that stuff. But he you can hear his disdain and dislike for Aston Villa when he starts talking about them even uh, even now. So uh, yeah, the less said about David Leary, the better I think. I know, I know we've totally deviated from the Ollie Watkins topic and Cole tried to wrap this up about five minutes ago. <laughs> but Neil, did you, <laughs> can you can you remind me what happened with David O'Leary? Did he did he like didn't he like release a note or something? Like I was no. I was like ten. What didn't happened like was so David O'Leary, so players went to uh, went to Doug Ellis with a letter, um, and they said, "Listen, we we don't have faith in the manager anymore." And then Doug Ellis fired him and sold the club. That's basically what it was. But, uh, yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, I think I heard it in another podcast uh, said by um, a Villa player as well previously. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, moving swiftly along, he's no longer part of Aston for this history. David, if you're listening, jump on the pod. I <laughs> <laughs> might be missing for that day. <laughs> you never, yeah. <laughs> It'll only be me and he'll be like, oh. Canadians or something. Who knows? You know, you know, was, he'll never have to put his hand in his pocket in Ireland for a point anyway after that goal. He scored that winning penalty in Italia 90 uh, against Romania to take us to the to the quarterfinals. And that was our first ever World Cup. So since then, he's been uh, footballing royalty in Ireland, David O'Leary. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's drinking for free for the last 30 years or so in Ireland. I wish I could do that. But anyways, guys, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you very much to both Danny and to Neil for joining me uh, this evening. You'll hear this going out, of course, on the Thursday. The signing was on the Wednesday. So if it's a little late, don't hate us too much, guys. We just wanted to give us enough time to go over things and really assess it. But nonetheless, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at 7500 to Holt. Email us at holtcastpod at gmail.com. If you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razajurno. Find Neil on Twitter at Love McGrath Pod. You can find me, Cole Petum, on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. And all together, we make up the Holtcast. Don't forget, guys, up the villa. <laughs> <laughs>